Hey there, folks. Welcome to another edition of the Inside BS Show. I'm Dave Lorenzo, and today we're talking about what you want to talk about. That's right. Many of you have reached out to me about LinkedIn, and I have been equally frustrated with LinkedIn over the years. I, I have a love-hate relationship with LinkedIn. So we've got a Sherpa with us today. <laughs> That's right. We've got the social media Sherpa. One of my favorite words in oh. the world, in the English language, yes, is the Sherpa. And we have your social media Sherpa with us today. Her name is, and here we go, Shailene Hackimian. Shailene Hackimian, right? Yeah. Hackimian, if you say it all together. <laughs> I love having people on with names that most people butcher because I love to get names right because it's so important. So the most pleasing music to anyone's ears is their name said correctly. So Shaili, welcome to the show. Thank Let me you. read you Shaili's. I want to I want to read you Shaili's bio because I want to do her justice. <laughs> now, the the thing that I love about her bio, the first line of her bio is she started doing social media for her hobby community in high school on MySpace. So many of you listening to this or watching this, <laughs> you don't even know what MySpace <laughs> is, okay? So MySpace was Facebook before it was Facebook. MySpace was the less evil version of <laughs> Facebook. So so Shiley didn't realize that what she was doing was social media until after college when she saw a question on a job application asking if she'd ever managed an online community community and she realized there was something there. So she graduated from Indiana University with a degree in certification in elementary education. So she's right at my level. <laughs> and now she knows that she can use those teaching skills to lead workshops and work with business owners and one on one training and do seminars on social media. She is one of the most sought after consultants on social media. I mean, she is your social media Sherpa and she's going to fill us in on what what we need to do to make LinkedIn more productive. So please join me in welcoming Shailee Hakamian to the Inside BS Show. Shailee, thanks for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. You make me feel like I'm walking out onto a stage of like screaming fans. I feel so special. Well, everybody <laughs> certainly is screaming, but they're doing it in the privacy of their own home right yes. now. So thanks for joining oh, us. Oh, yeah. Um, all right, Thanks let's talk me. a little bit. Um, let's so let's let's talk about social overall, right? Give us your take on what you're seeing overall in the social media landscape today. Oh, that's a really really big question. So look, there's so many platforms out there. Like I personally may or may not be addicted to TikTok and Clubhouse, but that's another story. <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of stuff happening, and there's a lot of opportunity. I think the biggest thing I want to emphasize is that what used to be attention used to be held so tightly by TV and the news stations and the radios and all this kind of stuff. And now we're in an era where people can own their own channels and own their own communities and own their own audiences and have their own podcasts like you do. And there's so much room for everyone to take a little piece of that pie and find, you know, find their fellow, uh, I don't want to say, find your fellow weirdos on the internet that like the same things that you do, just like I did back on MySpace. So I think that's such an incredible gift that we all have access to in the times that we live in. Okay. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, making uh, you, you mentioned to me earlier, making the making my marketing feel less lonely, making everyone's marketing feel less lonely and why personal is professional. So tell me a little bit about why, you know, why should we be personal? Why should we get personal? 
Oh, that's a great question. So when I'm doing like LinkedIn workshops for either students or networkers or businesses, I always put a little picture up of a golf course and you look at the golf course, there's people playing golf, but there's always something else happening in the background, which is, I'm sure, you know, networking is that that's what happens, right? right? Is that that you, I don't, I know this is true. And I'm assuming a lot of your listeners too, is that so many professional relationships start with a personal one yet so many people leave this bit out And to give you an example, like look at like, I would say probably a good chunk of law firms, probably CPA firms too. uh, When you have profiles of your, your staff and your team and your partners, agents or whatever, like there's, you know, I did this and I went to that school and like, tell me that you like golf. Tell me that you like baking cookies. Tell me that you like gardening because now it's not just like you're a picture in a generic profile that could apply to anybody. You're somebody special and you're someone that I don't feel weird showing up to a phone call and saying, Hey, we have this in common. Just like I said, my dad's in Florida and I'm like, ah, I hear Florida. There's a bond there. I mean, that's not the biggest bond, but I mean, it helps. Uh, so that's the biggest thing. And so one of my special ingredients that I always nudge all of my clients and all my students at the university of Chicago. And, uh, like when I'm doing LinkedIn workshops for young women, I'm like, put a little personal in your profile because it's going to make it easier for a recruiter. It's going to make it easier for a future client to be able to bond with you and start that relationship. That's going to take you to where you want to go. Okay. So, and, and I, I think that's wonderful, and I do it all day long on Instagram. I do it all day <laughs> long on Facebook. Just a little um, bit. A little bit. How, yeah. Oh, well, you know, Facebook and Instagram on my personal profile on <laughs> Facebook and Instagram. Absolutely. No problem. What about on LinkedIn? Do we yes. do a little personal on LinkedIn? Yes. yes. All right, tell me about that. Just Why? a little bit. Just a li- doesn't have to be your deepest, darkest secret. Like, no, nobody has to be Shay Robottom. If you look her up, she told everybody about her story with depression, and it opened up a lot of conversation. You don't need to tell me your deepest thing. But sharing a little something about if you want to share you have a family, if you want to share a hobby or interest makes it a lot more easier for people to connect with you. Everyone is boring and generic on LinkedIn. Not you. Your profile is really nice. But there's so many people who are just basic generic. I studied this. I went there. I want this. I'm looking for this. And it's like, no, I want to know what makes you special. And it's like, it's like a copy and paste. Uh, it, like if I can put someone else's picture on there and not know the difference, like that's not personal enough. And it, it literally can be a line or two. That's it. That's all I'm asking. It makes a huge difference. <laughs> you know, so it's funny. It's funny that you, that you mentioned that. I get a lot of I get a lot of really positive feedback about the show when I talk about things that are personal to me. Um, yeah. You know, I did a, I did a show with a with a with a marketing guy about a month ago, and he just mentioned casually on the show <coughs> that he suffered from anxiety and wow. he had panic attacks. And I talked about the fact that I had had panic attacks in the past, and I suffered from anxiety. And we went into we had a, a whole long conversation, and that led to people reaching out to me about it so much so that I'm reaching out to people now who are going to come on the show and talk specifically about that. We're going to do a whole show specifically about that. I I get it and I think 100% for people to relate to you, you have to be a little vulnerable and you have to share a little bit about yourself with folks. But it drives me nuts. Yeah, tell absolutely me. nuts when I see people getting into political arguments anywhere on social, but on LinkedIn especially. Don't do that. You're <laughs> killing yourself, right? So where's, uh, Shaili, where's the line? Where is the Oof. line? Ooh, you're asking me a big question. The line is something that is is a fascinating one. And I might take this in a different angle here because I love 
a good debate. I have a whole other life where I facilitated debates between people, and I love when people got angry because I could teach them how to not mm. be angry. But sometimes, mm. and this happened recently, there was um, a post that went out, and what do I say? Like, you know, somebody got upset with someone's answer, just kind of like what you're describing. And she was like, you know, I'm so annoyed that they got mad at me and they said this answer and I wanted to yell at them back. And I'm like, you know, and it was something to do with, and I know you're very like, you're all about diversity and inclusion and all this good stuff. And it was something regarding that topic. One woman was, I, I was a woman of color. One woman was white, the one that was upset. And I said to myself, the reason this woman of color potentially was upset is because she's had a lifetime of trauma and hurt about the things that you we were talking about yet. Uh, yet, you know, you know, at some point you, you get really upset about it. And, and this other woman had no idea what that experiences was like. And she was just being mad. And she's like, why is she being angry or whatever? And I'm like, someone, sometimes people just want to be heard. And that can work in so many ways online is that some people might be starting a fight and it's like, cause they, you know, no one's ever listened to them before. And so yeah. potentially the first step is to see if they'll just have a, be a listening ear and just acknowledge what someone said and, and trust them. And then from there, I would say this, if they're still a jerk, whoever it is, uh, then they, they suck as a person and that's fine. But I always say you know, people just want to be heard and that's why they put stuff out there. That's a little dicey. And sometimes that's a great way to start. And I know that I said something that was weird on a LinkedIn post like a month ago. And somebody said, Hey, Shiley, I don't know if I agree with you. And I ended up reading every other comment she had written on other posts. And I said, you know what? I appreciate what you said. And I acknowledge I didn't understand. And it started a great conversation between me and this person. If she decided to be a jerk afterwards, that's a different story. But sometimes people just want to be heard. And that's where LinkedIn is a great place to, to start that. Okay, so let's actually let's talk about that. Let's start <coughs> with the the foundation of LinkedIn. When people when people find you yep. online and they look you up on LinkedIn, what should my profile on LinkedIn look like? So, you know, this is a great question for you. I, I love what you've done is that you made it really clear who you serve and how you serve them and what ways they can learn from you. And you made that really, really easy. What people, and I hope more entrepreneurs get into this is that your profile isn't necessarily for you to be like, I did this and I did that. Like, I don't care what awards you're on. I mean, you can be at, like, you can pay now to be in any major publication nowadays. And I always see people putting up banners. I was featured here and I was featured there. Like, I kind of care, but like, I want to know that you get my problem is that so much, even me, and maybe you can relate like when I'm trying to like hire people to help me and it's like I don't know if they get where I'm at and that was the biggest mm -hmm. sales thing that I learned is that you're really just trying to solve someone else's problem they don't really care what else you have to say and I was like oh interesting and when I had that mindset shift a few years ago like and I, I learned some things from one of my clients who's also who's doing incredible things on LinkedIn she's like you got to make your profile speak to who you want to serve and you have to guide them to where you want them to go and like like you said earlier in our conversation you want to guide people to potentially your email marketing or some other ways that you can stay top of mind with them as you're navigating whatever it is you're navigating yeah i how how much of your feed do people see how much of the the things you post in your on your feed or whatever it is how much do people see right because i'm always thinking to myself listen this is really great and like 10 people out of the 5,000 that i'm connected to are actually going to see it how much of that do people actually see Ooh, i think it's more than you give it credit for uh, okay. One of the me, things, and I heard this like this is like a stat, might be a little old now, but it was something to the effect of like there's like 300 million people or something on LinkedIn, and like of those people, like only like five million or something post every week or something like that, where you think there's so many eyeballs on there, but yet so few people posting. So actually, surprisingly, if you do post something, whether nobody likes it or comments on it, because there's not a ton of content on there, there's a good chance that people in your network, whenever they log on to LinkedIn Next, will see your stuff, and that is something mm. really special. 
But here's the thing is like you can have a bajillion followers and there's all of these people. And I'm sure you know people like this too. And it's, I get it. There's tools out there that are robots that are trying to get more contacts and leads. But if you don't have context or a relationship with that person, they're probably not going to admit to being interested in your content without seeing that there's other people interested in your content and without maybe even a personal relationship. And that's the other piece of the puzzle that I think people, people don't realize. And, and it's, it's something that people actually are way better at than they, they give themselves credit for. They just don't know how to do it on LinkedIn yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, okay, I, I think I, I think that's I, I think that's a really good strategy. Talk to me about ways that you've seen people be effective at grabbing people's attention on LinkedIn, but doing it in a way that isn't like either scaring the crap out of them Ugh. or you know pictures of cats first and then switching the picture of the cat to you know I, i'm really? not a cat and by the way this is what i do right what i've never <laughs> seen that that's awful oh my gosh no you know you know what i mean they put up so the the thing i'm specifically thinking of was two weeks ago there was yeah. a lawyer on zoom who used a cat filter and couldn't get the cat filter off oh. and he's saying to the judge your honor i'm not a cat i'm really not a cat i just can't get rid of the cat off of my thing so there was oh. somebody on there uh, somebody in my feed and i was told it was you know uh, it, it was shared a million times that had used the I'm not a cat thing and then had converted it into, you know, promotion, a promotional post for uh, for the for their, themselves and their business and what they did. Ugh. So it caught people's eye. Everybody was thinking, oh, let me watch this. I heard about this thing about the guy appearing as a cat. And then 30 seconds later, it's, you know, a personal injury lawyer telling you how, you know, you, you know loved one died in a big car crash. Give me a call for your Ugh. big bag of cash. So <laughs> oh, I have so many thoughts because. Okay, first off, there's there's something that they did that is something that more people need to do, which is catching people's attention. But catching people's right. attention and stealing it and lying to them or being misleading, like you wouldn't do that to a person that you knew in real life. And right. that, that, that doesn't acknowledge the humanity that's on the other side. And that is disgusting to me. I don't like that. I hate that so much. But getting someone's attention immediately is what I see so many people miss is that like whenever they promote a podcast or whenever they talk about something, oh, I got an award. Like, I don't care about your award. Tell me why that matters to you. Did you struggle for 10 years and get to this point? You're really proud of yourself. Or did your mentor come from this? Like, give me context. Like, right. and they don't do that. And so like getting like even the beginning of a video, I have someone that I love and adore. She put her logo as the first image. And I'm like, I don't care about your logo. If you don't tell me what's inside of this video that I need to spend two minutes watching like I'm not gonna watch it it doesn't mean I don't love her I adore her I'll look at her stuff but like that helps so much but like if you don't make it easy for me to consume something that I want I'm not gonna click in and that's a huge deal on LinkedIn sure sure all right so what is like what is the right way then to like we have we have a great article and we've written a great article and we know that of our 1,500 uh, connections or 5,000 connections or 50,000, well, not 50, 30,000 connections that we have on LinkedIn. We know that, you know, a good portion of our connections are going to love this article. They're going to find value in it and it's going to help them Ooh. either personally or professionally. How do we get their attention? Uh, I mean, we write the greatest headline and it's great, um, you know. Uh, big faux pas is tagging 50 people in the post. You don't want to do that. That's not so right. How do we get, how do we get people's attention? Uh, there's a few ways of going about it. Now I don't, here's what I'll say. There's a lot of different people who teach a lot of good stuff on LinkedIn, all different perspectives. So there's plenty of people to look at. I don't really do a lot with articles, but 
I want you to think of every single person in your audience and who it speaks to. I've heard this, and you could do this, is if you feel really personal with people without feeling spammy, is if there's mm-hmm. 10 people that you're like, hey, what do you think of this article? Let's send it to them pro- directly if you want. Or or give them, you know what, I don't I don't share articles. I usually don't outlink to any other site when I post on LinkedIn because it sometimes, potentially like lowers the traffic. Look, good stuff right. is good stuff. Like That's always great. So it's okay if you, you don't do it. Exactly. Cause who cares? The algorithms can be really distracting here. Um, but I would say like, you don't, you don't have to post the article there. You can also put a link in the comments, which there's a lot of research on there. I wouldn't say either way. Um, but you can always like, I, like the other thing I used to do when I was OG social media manager back in the day is that I would always pull out the juiciest quote at the top and I would give it to them up front. Like give them whatever makes it most exciting. If it's a mm. listicle, put a couple of the items in the post and say, here, if you want to li- read more, go to the full article. It's in my profile or go it's in the comments or whatever. Um, or you can probably link it in there too, but, but that's a great way to get people to keep reading. If there's more intro more info that isn't in there, but give them something to munch on. Don't, don't you, hide you it. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned something really important. So putting the comment at the top is, is a great strategy. Yeah. And I, uh, and I think that's terrific, but you mentioned something in there. You kind of buried the no. lead, yeah. and you said you don't link out no. off of LinkedIn because you don't want to take people off the platform. They don't That's want so either. important for people to remember. Here's the thing: you're you're going to put a YouTube video up there. People are going to click on it. Where are they going to go? They're going to go to YouTube, and LinkedIn hates that. Yeah. They want them on LinkedIn. So if your video is less than 10 minutes, upload the video right into LinkedIn. Yes. Don't take people off. And this goes for any platform you're on, right? So in your YouTube description, by the way, don't put links to other things. Uh, you know, my, my guys who handle my social media do that all the time, and it drives me nuts. YouTube wants people to stay on <coughs> the platform. LinkedIn wants people to stay on the platform. So you've got to keep people on the platform. So, exactly. all right, Shaili, what if we what if we put a link down in the comments? You could. Does that make it better? You could. It does make it better. I will say that there's always new data on this, and there's people who spent their entire like months of researching this question, and some people will say, yes, do it. Some people say, no, do it. Some people will mm. say, you know what, try it as a post. Because, look, again, quality comes to the top, and I, the last thing I want to happen as a result of this conversation is to people to be over crazy about the analytics and the algorithms, because those are always changing. But what doesn't right. change is like when you, Dave, are giving out like your heartfelt information that these people want to learn is that you're helping people you're giving them we're giving them value it's all about value like you know whatever like like that's the key right is you're giving you're speaking to these people you're giving them what they want and what you know you can help them with or what they didn't even know they needed and that to me is great so you could experiment with all of this um if your content's really great you're not, it might it might be okay to just share the link directly. I would Google search this because there's a lot of people who do the data analytics on this um I personally don't do it and so far okay. so good I don't. All right, let's talk. Uh, let's talk about um, how to increase engagement then on LinkedIn, right? So Ooh, this I, is great. I, I for years for years I wrote great stuff and posted it, and nobody ever saw it. So now I've made a conscious effort to connect with more people each day and explain to them why I'm trying to connect with them. Nice. So let's talk about how to how to increase our engagement on LinkedIn. You ready? How do I get more people who uh, want to have a conversation with me in the in the messages or Huge. will come back and read my stuff over and over again? How do I increase my engagement? This is this is the hugest thing. I say this as one word. It's it's one that we've learned in kindergarten. It's gratitude. Mm-hmm. Gratitude. Okay, talk is, to me. Gratitude. It's the simplest hack. It takes a long time, but is the only guarantee that I find in winning on social media. The only thing I can okay. guarantee to you. Now, wh- who's saying a guarantee in social media? 
Okay, this is crazy, right? Ready for this? So this is it. When I see people, uh, now my whole audience I think knows I do this, but like I, I mean it with love, is when I see people engage with my content, especially people I haven't talked to in a while, people that I think could be, you know, good connections down the line, I send them a message and say, hey, hi, so-and-so. Thank you for checking out my LinkedIn post on, I don't know, last week is about getting a hold of influencers on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. and I said, thank you so much. I hope you're well. And surprisingly, without me trying to sell anything or ask for anything, people ask me questions about my business. And sometimes that even leads to conversations for potential services. And, Great. and that's, and that happened to me. I got, a, I got into this online community and then I, within two days I ended up getting a client from that community. And it was like such a great surprise. If I hadn't stayed in touch with this woman, it wouldn't have happened. So that's one thing is giving them a thank you and, and having that conversation there is that they know that you didn't copy and paste it. They know it's personal. And, and if anything, you comment and say, hey, like, oh, I love that we both share this in common. Uh, and people love that. And now here's the other kicker is that they can ask you whatever they wanted. And as a teacher, as a trained educator, we learn something in school called positive reinforcement. If you tell somebody that you like a certain behavior and that you acknowledge it and you appreciate it, they're going to want to do it again. You get more of it. You get more of it. And it's like, the, it's exactly what I do on social media. And it's, if I look at every single person that likes and comments on my stuff, they're all people I have a good relationship with that I could probably hit up for a favor, but I don't. But it's, it, and it shows like that, that context and that relationship shows in how much they engage. And the more they engage, the more of their audience now sees their content. Great. All right, now let's – what about – what are the things I do from a gratitude perspective? Yeah. And I'm wondering if it still has relevance on LinkedIn. And I try to do I try to do two of these a week. Ooh. I'll write like a testimonial for somebody, That's right? That's really nice of you. And so I, I had a guy who, uh, who one of my friends referred me to who is excellent at developing landing pages. Ooh. So I gave him two projects over the course of two weeks, and he crushed it. Amazing. So I had him do some work on my own website, and he crushed that. And then I had him do an even more involved project and he did a really great job. So I wrote him a testimonial and I said, you know, those headshots I sent you, use one of those headshots along with this testimonial, put it on your website. And it was a really nice testimonial. Then I went on LinkedIn and I posted the testimonial on the recommendations section in LinkedIn. Does that still matter to people? When LinkedIn first started back in like 2006, Everybody was posting, or 2005, I don't even remember. Everybody was posting testimonials, recommendations for other people, and it was a huge deal. Oh, I gave you a recommendation on LinkedIn. Oh, I got to go give you one now. Do, do people still care about that? Does it still make a difference? Does the LinkedIn algorithm do anything with that? Uh, like I said, Dave, there's a lot of people with a lot of different opinions. There was some coaches going out there, and I think one of my clients got a message. They're like, yeah, leave me a recommendation. I'll leave you one, too, and it's going to make me look really good on LinkedIn. And I'm like, they never met each other. They don't know each other. It matters who you vouch right. for. I don't worry so much about it, but I know a lot of job seekers do. I always tell like job seekers when they ask me questions, it's like the same way they said that gratitude thing. If there's someone you want to leave you a recommendation that you care about and you don't want to ask them and you feel nervous, give it to them as a gift and, and, and do that. Like Write them something really nice. It's a great way to thank someone you haven't talked talk to in a while. Uh, I do this. I did this with like a principal of a school I worked at a long time ago. And it helped him because now he's, he's in a different position and he's looking for new opportunities. And it was handy that he had it. Uh, and it's, it's a nice thing. So I'm not focused on it. But, you know, sometimes I've taken testimonials from there and put them on my website. So I, I'm not focused on it, but other people might say otherwise. Okay. All right, let's uh, let's talk a little bit now about um, LinkedIn Live. Oof. 
is that um, is that working? I see a lot Ugh. of people going live. I I don't watch the live streams myself on LinkedIn. I'm a, yeah. I, I will if if I'm on Facebook and a, and there's a Facebook live and it catches my attention, I will watch that. Yeah. But I don't watch a lot of LinkedIn live. Is that is that something we should be looking at now? I wish I was waiting for now what two years now to get on LinkedIn live. Live streaming is like my favorite kind of social media, and mm. I absolutely hate everybody that's created the space for it. Um, so far, like Facebook live kind of lets me down. It has a lag and it mm. isn't so engaging. Yeah. And the only thing that's really working sort of with live is, um, is I think clubhouse right now. And TikTok kind of has it, but TikTokers don't really know how to live stream very well. I think just like all of these platforms, like, like LinkedIn is behind on the times. Like if you look at like, like Facebook has a lot of innovation, like Microsoft kind of made LinkedIn boring and it's, it's not innovative. So, like, I think they're trying. And the fact that they haven't launched it to everybody yet is I appreciate it because I don't think people would know how to leverage it. And most people don't. They're like, I'm just going to be here and talk. Every live stream is like an event. If you don't invite people to your party, they're not going to participate. And if you don't give them a reason to t- tune in, again, with that context piece, they're not going to watch. So it's mm. really, really tricky. And I don't think most people are doing it well. And I don't – the algorithms are supposed to help, but I'm not such a big fan. I only have a few friends who I think are, are, are having fun with it. Um, but it's a hard thing. And if you're, if anything, like if you want to repurpose that content for something else, okay, cool. Uh, I think it was mm-hmm. hot the first few weeks and now it's kind of like, it's an identity crisis. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who, who gets clients when they solicit people who they just connected to on LinkedIn? Does that work for anybody? Cause I, I get it. solicited all day long. I get, it. and you know what I do? I cut and paste the sales message right back to them. I cut, I, I just paste in there. Uh, obviously you're interested in growing your client database and here's the thing you're doing it all wrong if you'd like to learn how to do it the right way please reach out to me and make an appointment <laughs> I, I love it again. I love that <laughs> but does, is that is that is that a thing is People it working it. for anybody I don't like it but I think it's you know the old school mentality was like get on the phone and call people and here you have an automation that does it for you I hate that I don't like it. I think this is the same reason I think with social media too, is that like I focus so much on the people that you have because unless your content is like brilliant beyond brilliant, like people Mm -hmm. aren't going to be like, Oh my gosh, I want it. Like if you follow Adam Karpiak on LinkedIn, like he's great for career seekers and he's got great content and he's feeding them with like hilarious gifts and like inspirational things and career therapy. And I'm like, this is amazing. And, and I love that. So like it worked. If, if the, if the scammer like wrote something that was actually worthwhile to you, Maybe you would read it, but I, I, I don't like it. Most people hate it, and it doesn't work for me. And But you know what? They're playing the scale game, and I, I don't love it. I don't do it. But if they're doing it, there must be a reason, but I don't advocate for it. I always say the only guarantee is that your relationships and your people. If you can feed the people that love and adore you, which so many companies have that arsenal of relationships, that's going to be your greatest base for social media. Okay, so – uh, you you know in there you talked about um posting how frequently should we be Oof. posting stuff on a on a daily basis Oof. is it should we be posting you know it's is it is it like twitter where we're having conversations with people back and forth Oof. is it like facebook where you post like five or six times a day like how how often should we be posting on that? i love this question i get this from clients all the time and i'm gonna give a different answer than i would say a lot of marketers and a lot of coaches and a lot of people who who teach these kind of tools 
Like you will hear, like, I'll give you this TikTok. You're supposed to post three times a day and you're supposed to do it consistently. If I told that to Joe Schmo Entrepreneur down the street who maybe likes video, maybe doesn't like video, they could do it maybe for a day or two, but they're going to do it like a diet and they're going to crash and they're not going to want to do it again. And mm-hmm. you, and there's a lot of these like best practice, even with Instagram, like post two to three times a week on Instagram. Like I believe it, that that does work. But when you're talking about doing social media and, and you're already kind of doing a little bit of it and you're focused on your business where you have to do the marketing, the sales, all the things like telling you to go do three posts a week and have to be good about it and strategic about it. It's another task and another job and it, and it doesn't have meaning to them and it probably won't get them the results that they want. So my focus with my entrepreneurs is I get them to do I get them to do something that they can manage because the thing that people miss is they're not consistent. So Dave, mm-hmm. imagine just off top of your, is there a show that you're obsessed with? That's like that you're watching. Um, I, well, we, I finished Ozark. Okay, Ozark. Let's pandemic, use Ozark. But I am obsessed with Ozark. So let's I'm say, also obsessed. I love billions. I'm obsessed. Okay. With let's billions. say Ozark or billions. Let's say mid season. They got like, you're halfway through the season. Right. And they're like, mm-hmm. you know, we got busy and we're just, we, we aren't going to release the next episode for another year. Because we just, we got busy or, oh, you know, there's so many other things, right? And if someone is in production, that's a horrible thing to happen to end your show mid-season. I've had shows do that. It breaks my heart. Yet that's what people are doing when they don't continuously post. I'm proud to say that I, for the most part, I've been going more than two years on LinkedIn. And I'm going to tell you, I only post once a month. Do I think that's the right way? No. But is that what I can stick with and what I've been able to stick with for a year and a half? Yes. And is that the right answer? I think you I think properly you probably should post a few times a week. Properly, that's probably what it is. But I don't think most people, when they're starting out or when they're early on or they don't have a social media person, I don't think they even know what to put for three days a week. So I want to start people on something that they can manage. And once they kind of get that and once their content is feeding the people that they know they can serve, build out from there. And maybe I'll start adding more content to it. But that consistency is huge. I hate when I get, you know, some great emails and I don't hear from them for another three or four months. It's like, I don't, how am I going to know to keep looking for that if, if you're not in front of me every day? How are you going to keep me top of mind when let's say Dave like you want to stay top of mind because maybe somebody needs a a sales and marketing revamp and it might not be today but it might be in six months right I know you're doing it but I think most Mm -hmm. people don't have a system to stay in touch with the people that need them the most okay all right now you you've mentioned a couple of times you mentioned TikTok. What uh, what do we need to know? So we're we're shifting gears. So you you, uh, you know you very tight uh, you know professional button down <laughs> people. TikTok is social media. Okay, if you haven't heard <laughs> about TikTok, it's out there, and my kids love it's it. It's great. What do we need for business purposes? What do we need to be doing on social on TikTok? Oh, what do we need to be doing? There? If Well, you don't need I don't think everybody needs to be on TikTok. I'm going to preface that. I think there's so many platforms. You want to go where your people are and where maybe where you enjoy making the kind of content that they like. Those are the two biggest things. And the finding the balance there is huge. But with TikTok, if you're excited about making videos, or maybe you're already making videos. Uh, the simplest thing you can do uh, is is education is that people think, oh, TikTok is for kids. And when I joined TikTok like some four years ago. Uh, I was one of the handful of adults. We had a club that were like people over the age of like 15, essentially. And I was like, I don't know, like 25 or whatever. Um, and so that's crazy, but there are adults on there. And the whole thing that works on there to market your business is education is, is purely education. One of my clients from last year is an automotive school, uh, master automotive training. You can look them up. He started doing it and started teaching people about automotive parts and different, um, 
different all these different tools and things that they should use and teaching people on there and he's i think he's got i don't know probably ten thousand followers or whatnot he's just teaching people there's a guy that clears out sump pumps and i'm like why do i care about that but he's telling me all these interesting stories about all these weird things about cleaning out sump pumps i had a guy who was a funeral director telling me stories about how you bury children which is morbid but it's like Ooh. we're it's interesting or like I don't know, the guy that's a home inspector. Like, I didn't know anything about the home inspector industry. Now, here I am. I, like, feel like an expert now. Who am I going to call? I mean, I don't know if I can hire these people, but, like, who am I going to call down the line if I, I need to know who I can trust with this stuff? And it's probably one of these people. Same with, like, Color My Credit, teaching people about credit scores. She's taught me more than I ever heard before. So if anybody's going to ask me about credit scores, I'm sending them to her website. So she just does uh, they just do like a straight video on TikTok. It's like a normal yeah. it's, it's a regular video on TikTok. And what's the what is the length? What's the right length? Because, you know, Instagram a mi- it's is less a than a minute. So you TikTok can do part ones and part twos. Yeah, less okay. than a minute. Um, you can also do part one, part two, part three. So let's say this like, Dave, like what are the top three questions you get? Make a one minute video answering each question. Okay. Right. Maybe right, maybe your right. audience should know what your top questions are. This is this is good. But um, yeah, 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 no. I mean that's uh, that's that's one of the things I do with people all the time. Like they they tell me they struggle to write content, and I say, okay, here's oh. what I'm going to do. I'm going to oh, I'm yeah. going to interview you. Yes. And you're going to give me give me your top fifty frequently asked questions. I'll ask them. Exactly. You answer them. We'll chop them up and we'll throw it. You know, I that's throw it, it up on their website, but we can throw it on TikTok now too. That's the all secret, right. Dave. You your people are so lucky to have you because that is the secret. Is that Whatever your clients ask you about on a regular basis, that's what you want to have out preemptively before they ever get on the phone with you. You totally get it, right? What are your FAQs? What are your best tips? What do you see people doing wrong? What are the people in your industry doing that you think is stupid and that people are going to get bamboozled by? I want to know all of those things. And it sounds like you pull that out of your people and we have to learn to pull it out of ourselves when we can. And yeah, absolutely. All right. Now, you, one of the things that you uh, you mentioned to me in our in our pre-show conversation, <laughs> and I really want to I really want to get into this is because I'm a, I'm a huge stickler for this context. Right. There's, there's very little context on social media. We you know, we just show up and throw up. Right. We, we show up on social media and we just blast people or we <laughs> show up on social media and we say, here I am now pay me. Right. There's no context for anything. So how do we create context in an asynchronous world? Because I'm not on sometimes in this at the same time you're on. It's not a real conversation. It's a conversation that takes place over days instead of minutes. How do we create context? Oof, there's a lot of ways. Um, So I will say this. So one of the ways I'll give you a TikTok example. So we just talked about it. There was a lady who's like an Instagram influencer, social media, all the good things. And she, I liked one of her posts and she went in and you can do this on any platform. And she like liked and commented really specific comments on like three of my posts. I never talked to this woman in my life, but whenever I see her come up, on social media, I give her an extra look because I feel like she cares about me. It took her all of like 30 seconds to do. And I feel mm. cared for I, everything I teach with that, that post I mentioned on Twitter. If there's somebody that you look up to, that's kind of famous, they might not be so popular on Twitter. You send them a comment and they might actually see it and respond to you. If you're lucky uh, is that you can build relationships that way. And same thing on LinkedIn. If there's somebody powerful that you want them to like, think you're awesome, write them a really killer, thoughtful comment on their LinkedIn post. That'll make a huge difference. Uh, you, you never know where that can lead. The other fun way to create context is that you and I, like, you know, you. there's probably a million people that want to get on the phone with you. Same with me. And I don't I don't really get the chance to do that. But how can I mimic the experience of a phone call without having to do all the effort of calling and scheduling and hoping they're around? Video. 
The greatest thing on LinkedIn that people don't utilize is that you can send video messages to people. That is personal. That feels like you're almost as close as you can get to meeting them in real life. And then they feel like they care because you took the time to do that. And no one's doing it. So if you send a video message, it, it makes it makes someone smile. I've had that over and over again. Wow, Shiley, that was such a nice video. Oh, you made my day. So and I, so it's native It's native to the LinkedIn platform. You record it in the message box yes. on, the, on LinkedIn. It's oh, that's so cool. Literally, like, if you go, do you want me to tell you how to do it for your people? If you go to your LinkedIn message, like, on your phone, and mm-hmm. then you click on the message, and then it, there's like a there's a there's a plus button, and on the plus button it'll have a picture that says video or camera or whatever, and you can you can talk, and mm. it's it's a great way to like in between phone calls and networking and follow ups to send, you know, to start conversations with people, and they love it. And voice messages work too. That's how you can make people feel special. Um, and acknowledging that you're not a generic copy and paste messenger, that is so huge, right? You're you're way more you're you're everyone's way more interesting than that so make it feel like they they took the time to care about you because everyone again like you said they're just trying to put it all out there i think so many people on social media hope that like people are going to fall from the sky and i'm like unless your content's super epic or you're super consistent or you love every minute of your making content which i don't think is most entrepreneurs then you're you're probably it's probably going to just suck up your time and not make you feel great so speak to the people you know who need to hear your message Everyone is a connector. You're a networker. You have relationships. Get those people to see the information they didn't know they needed over and over again. I can't drill it enough. All right. So share with us one more newer social media platform, Clubhouse. Yes. What are we what are we doing on Clubhouse? What should we be doing on Clubhouse? And I don't you know, Clubhouse is it seems to me like interactive radio almost. Is that what's the appeal of Clubhouse? I love how you just described that interactive radio. Yeah, I've heard like it's like it's like radio. It's like kind of like a live podcast. Mm. here's what's really cool about clubhouse is that it lets me bump into really cool people that I probably never would have. Otherwise the best way I can compare it is like, if you're at a cool conference, which I love conferences, rest in peace conferences, mm-hmm. uh, the conference, <laughs> they'll be back. Don't worry. Know, they're not dead. I they're know. just dormant. They're not dead. They're just Gosh, dormant. I love them. So like think of the bar after the conference is over at the hotel, like everyone's mm-hmm. there. Some of the biggest names sometimes hang out and maybe I'm talking about from personal experience, but all the best networking happens at the bar. And no, you're right. And it's, it's all, everyone's like starting the conversation socially, but maybe accidentally they're like, Oh, wait, Dave, what do you do for a living? Oh, you do? Oh, maybe I know somebody for you. Ah. Like it's kind of that vibe. Uh, so there's, and it's interesting because you can get a lot of followers. There's people who've built entire followings on there, but if you get followed by someone who never goes on clubhouse again, it really means nothing. So it, it's about kind of getting to know people better and potentially connecting mm-hmm. with them on another platform like Twitter or Instagram, because it's not like you can post content on there and people see it. The only way they see you talking is if they join your room live as it's happening. So it's an interesting experience. There's big rooms where it feels like a live panel at a conference and there could be really juicy, like things happening, like a couple, uh, like really weird scammers that are really big on clubhouse got called out majorly the other day and I had to watch it, but there was also like 2000 people in the room at the same time. If I scroll to the bottom of my, uh, what's it called? My, um, hallway track, I can find rooms Mm -hmm. that have three or four people or five people and then get to know like cool people in cool industries by looking at their profile and saying, Hey, I want to get to know you better. And that to me is really, really fun. Uh, and then, yeah, and then people's profiles also show off who they are, what makes them special. And it starts great conversations, especially, and we're going to go back to this because we mentioned it earlier, like depression is real. Loneliness is real. And in a pandemic, people don't have people to hang out with. There's no bars. There's no way to bump into people. And yet here's the platform where you can have real relationships with like normal, competent people around the world. And that to me is a gift. 
Yeah. And so if I, I've only been on there and I only listen, I've only been on there one time and I only listen. So can anybody talk at any time? Aren't these people no. talking all over each other? So how does it, how do <laughs> yes. you determine who talks when? So this is the problem. Most moderators are not trained moderators. So some of the right. rooms will like, will bring people up on stage and you'll have maybe nine right. or 10 people. And they sometimes, if there's a good moderator, they'll say who gets to talk next or they'll facilitate a conversation. Uh, sometimes it's nobody really takes charge and it's just a bunch of people yelling and screaming at each other, talking over each other. So there is a way that if you have a good person that's leading the room, they can pick who to bring up and they can pick who to put right. back in the audience. Uh, so, some, so you can always try to raise your hand in a room that allows that feature. And if you get lucky, you can ask a question. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I may have talked to Perez Hilton the other day and that was like super cool and random. <laughs> uh, uh, so, right? That's funny, right? So you can always request to raise your hand. They may or may not let you up. But the smaller rooms, usually they're like, yeah, come on up, hang out with us. And it's been incredible, the people that I've met on there. Okay. So I'm a new uh, – I'm, I'm uh, I have a good business. Not I don't have the business that I have. I'm, I'm speaking for somebody in the audience now. I have a, I have a business, and I want to get on social media. Yes. I haven't done very much. Where's the first place you recommend a business establish a social media presence? Oh man, this is a great question. So here's what I say. This is, this is literally the process I would walk someone new through. I was, if anything, great. take a few minutes and just make a few accounts on some of the big ones. Make a page on Facebook, fill it out. Tell me exactly what you do, mm-hmm. where your website is, whatever, Twitter, same thing. Just make a page, put a nice, maybe the same picture on all of them, make it very clear where you want them to go. Second off, it depends on the business. Like where might they have more relationships? For some, it might be Facebook. Um, occasionally, it's Twitter, but I'm not always crazy about Twitter for business. It really just depends. I would say for the service-based businesses, the lawyers, the accountants, the CPAs, like definitely get on LinkedIn, 100%. I mean, look, depends on what kind of lawyering or whatnot, but a lot of – if you're serving other businesses, you better get on LinkedIn. Uh, but mm-hmm. I would say this. Make a page. Direct people where you want them to go. And wherever you decide you're going to be focused on your efforts, that's where you tell them, hey, you know, we're, we're on here, but like – go follow us somewhere else. It's not always the best thing, but it's a great way to create a foundation because if, for example, let's say Dave, you get interviewed by like a major news network and they want to tag you on their Twitter account. If you don't have a Twitter account, there's no way for these, you know, new viewers to be able to find you very easily. Right. So having right. it ready to go is great because then people can tag you and stuff and you never know where they're going to need it. I had this uh, client of mine right when I got her an Instagram uh, like within a few days, she already had another organization that was featuring her as a speaker tagger in tag her profile on there. If she hadn't had that profile ready to go, she would have missed out on that attention to drive people to her website. Does she, does she need to be on all the platforms? Not necessarily, but that's a great base. The second thing to do is this whole personal connection thing is that these businesses have people that love and adore their businesses. If they can reach out ideally more personally and say, Hey, we're starting this new social media thing. Can you follow us on whatever, Instagram. We really appreciate it. We're learning and growing. I hope you're doing well. Personal message sent. Same thing Mm -hmm. with Facebook, right? If I get a random invite from someone who never told me what they're doing, I have no contacts. I don't don't really want to like their page because I don't really care. They don't really care about me. So why should I care about them? So asking Mm -hmm. people for permission and inviting them to support you is going to make a huge difference. Can I tell you a story about this, Dave? Yes, I'd love a story. So I had two clients start with me last year. Both of them were starting from zero. So this is exactly what you asked me about. And I told them the same exact tip I just told you for Facebook. Invite people more personally because it makes Mm -hmm. a difference. One guy invited 300 people willy-nilly, didn't listen to me. The other one personally invited 60 people over the course of like a month or two to like her page. Mm. Which one had more traction? Well, first off, the the one guy didn't post any relevant content to who he was selling to. 
the woman, uh, she she wrote her content just like I had told her to do. She wrote things interesting. She made she gave it make it a you know she told people what was inside. And every time she posts, out of only sixty followers, she gets between five and twenty likes per post mm. because people care and they know she's trying really hard to build her thing. And right. and that context is there. The other one isn't. And there's a reason why one of those pages is doing well right now and the other one isn't. And that's the secret to everything. I told you, that's the only guarantee there is for social media. Okay. So help me help me with this. Yes. Now, we're going to be really specific. Please. And we're going to do, you're doing social media. So, by the way, if you want to find out more about Shaili, you're going to go to yoursocialmediasherpa.com. We're going to put that in the oh, show notes. Oh, thank you. But we're doing, we're doing social media Sherpa therapy right now. <laughs> yes, I'm here so for it. I, I got yes. this. I got this show. Right. Yes. And the show is doing great. I mean, people, people are listening to the show as a podcast. Some people are watching on YouTube. Um, that's fine. Uh, people are reaching out to me on Facebook. I don't know. I want to I want to develop a community yeah. for the people who listen to the show, because I think that community is the way of the future. It's a it's, huge. It's, a, it's a great thing. We can help each other. Is my community better? For is it better for my listeners and for the people who are watching and who are into the show? And I'm going to post great content. Like I'll post the videos on the community before they're posted anywhere oh, else. Oh yeah, I'll post snippets. That. I'll post behind the scenes stuff. Ooh. Is it better, Shylee? Is it better for the community to be on Facebook or should the community be on LinkedIn? Not LinkedIn. Ah, that's what I want to hear. Okay, it's not why so you think LinkedIn though. LinkedIn group bad for my community. Facebook better for my community. Yes. And it's not why you think, because LinkedIn is like the place for the kinds of people that I'm, I'm thinking you want to talk to. And it's not yeah, that that's, that. That's why I'm entertaining the idea even. Right. Yes. But tell me, tell so me why LinkedIn. Here's is no the thing. Good. LinkedIn groups are kind of mad. I don't feel like LinkedIn puts a lot of effort into them. Facebook, on the other hand, and Facebook has now resold this to companies as a tool, but Facebook has an algorithm. So one of my mm -hmm. clients, I manage an online community of some 200 women uh, that sh like her clients that I help teach them how to do LinkedIn for their business. It's awesome. It's super great. These are all of her paying mm -hmm. clients. And uh, I helped her start running this about two years ago now. And it's on. And she's like thinking about like, do we move? Do we go somewhere else? And and, you know, the reality is, is that Facebook has an algorithm that will remind all of these people, hey, somebody posted in here. Oh, check this out. Or, oh, did you see that someone replied to you? LinkedIn isn't so great at that. And, mm. and Facebook is. And I think that's a really great magic. So whenever, like, I see, like, there's great platforms out there, like Mighty Networks. And there's, I think, one called, like, Circle or something like that. They're brutally built. But how do you get people to participate when they have to remember to choose to show up on a regular basis? Same with, like, Slack communities. Slack is brilliant. But, like, if I don't remember to go check it on a regular basis or if I'm not totally in love with you, Dave, and, like, I want to, like, read everything you say – I'm not going to go on there. And I think that's the biggest thing is that unless your audience is super obsessed with you, like building a community is a lot of work. And if you have a uh, great community manager, that helps a lot, but it's a big investment and to do it right takes a lot. Um, it isn't something that like, I think people are like, you should make a group. You should make this like Facebook groups do give you a lot of algorithm support, which is nice, but it's also like most people don't do it well enough for it to do yeah. something that they yeah. want them to do. And here's and, you know, candidly, we've held off at doing it this long because you got to post multiple times. You got to yeah. you got to be in there live every day. You got to be mean, in there live every day. You, could. you gotta, 
You got to have, well, I, I would want to be in there live every day. I want, you want to have real conversations with people. Yeah. I want to help people in there to make it more attractive for people. And honestly, to grow the community, I'm going to have to run ads to attract people. Potentially, to the community. yeah. And people may find this show as a result of the community. It may not, it may, it may not just be a community for people who started listening to the show. They may find the show as a result of the community. Sure. So, sure. you know, you, it, like think about it uh, for those of you listening, those of you watching, think about if you started a community in real life and then you never showed up at the community. And meetings. that happens so <laughs> often. Here's my community. I'm never there, but there's my community. It's so common because all these coaches like start a community, start a community. And it's like, yeah, if you start a community and you run it really well, sure. It's going to be great for you, but most people, just like every other social media platform, if you don't commit to it and you don't feel like you have the capacity or your team has the capacity to run it, like it might not get you what you want and it's, you know, and it's just going to sit there and lay dormant. So what types of content are people looking for from a professional or from a business in, in these communities or even on social in general? Is it, I mean, educational content always Huge. does well, but besides educational personal content, too. what else do we want? Personal is personal good. Stuff. Personal okay. is good. The easiest one, especially you've got a podcast, you can make video clips of things that have been said. I think yeah, we're going to reference our, our, uh, friend Gary V over here, but like there's so much content that we make. Like I've been on a bunch of podcasts and there's great clips in there. So it's like, why do I need to make a video when here I had a conversation with Dave that I can like now quote and, and tweet it or like, you know, I can make it a video. There's a lot of ways right. you can use stuff you already have old content. You can reuse purpose stuff. The other one I think is actually, this is a different angle here, but Facebook groups, this is what I love is that I'll find questions in Facebook groups and I love answering them and being helpful because I think people are like that. Right. And I'll write like a great response in there. And I'm like, oh, that's actually a really thoughtful comment. I will save that comment and I will put it in a folder. And now like I, I haven't even used this folder yet, but I have like three or four years worth of comments in there that could probably feed my content for the next, I don't know, four years if I wanted to. And, and yeah, that's it's market, cool. it's market research yeah, and market research. market research. Yes, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, so yeah. right. And so you can see what people are talking about. So, um, that's it's a big thing with groups, uh, but yeah, there's there's that, and you know, if you if you talk to all of us people who manage Facebook groups, we'll say like you always want to post something that that has that has them participate. So like, you know, I did one the other day, like what's like give me a gift to describe how you're feeling this week at work, or like, you know, tell me like you know you know what are you most looking forward to for the holidays, or like. I don't know what something fun like that. Like I make it very inclusive. Maybe not holidays, but I post the Jewish holidays in there because I'm Jewish. But like, some of we have some, we have a Jewish following in there too. But uh, you know, there's always different things like that. Or like, what's one tip that you can give people today? And like, there's there's a level of that. But also, like you said, going in there and giving lives is great too. But just like every other platform, like it doesn't have to be a million times a day. It's consistently, and it's not it's not leaving it to go dry, and that's important. Okay. So you mentioned that you manage social media communities for people. What else do you do as the social media Sherpa? This is this is what I love to do is that I get people who are connectors, who people know and love and trust them in their communities. They refer them business and all that kind of stuff. And they try social media and they're probably posting like just really weird content on Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn or whatever. So I want to give them clarity. So this is can I tell you the process I take people through? So the first yeah, thing I please. do 
and I hate to use the word stalk, but I stalk you on the internet. I look you up while video mm. recording my face and your web presence. I tell you what works and what doesn't. People love this as a great starting point to see where they need to go. They get tips, insights. They see what's right, what's wrong, what they might need to fix and improve. From there, I, we usually boil down to at least a couple areas where somebody needs to learn how to improve their social media. So maybe for this crowd, it's let's, let's make sure you have the right information in your LinkedIn profile. Maybe it's how do you write a LinkedIn post in a way that makes people want to read it? How do you engage people in the comments or after the fact? And then from there, um, I do. I also collect their story. People don't publish their story about how they got into their business, whether that be uh, a client I had recently that was a rabbi that I knew him because he was a rabbi, and he's now a sleep consultant. And I said, what? I had no idea. Like, why don't you tell me that story? He published it, and people started asking him more questions. And I was like, Ah, isn't that interesting, right? People don't put that places, right? You love that. Oh, there's about there's about a hundred places I can go with a rabbi who's now a sleep consultant. <laughs> you know, he was he was in, in, you know in service. He no! was so boring that people no! would fall asleep. So so he was like, you know, it's not working. I gotta go be a sleep consultant. So much <laughs> no, better no, for no. me. It's funny though, right? But like, it's interesting. Like people like love hearing that kind of stuff. So like people don't publish their story. So I make sure they have a like a outline. I'm not a writer, but I can pull out their story just oh, like you pull out it for your clients. And then for from there, I think the biggest part is accountability. So I create a system where they can check in with me. And now I'm offering stuff where I check in with them over the course of a year so that they're not alone. Because a lot of the stuff I teach today, even this, this sleep consultant guy, he reached out the other day. He's like, remind me, how many emails should I be sending? And it's great. Like, I want to make sure that, that people can send me a voice message whenever they're stuck on social media. They don't have to be their own experts. They don't need to hire a CMO. They have someone that's in their pocket that is like their social media boss that's actually going to make it less work for them and make it more enjoyable for them to get it done. And also show them how they can stay in touch with the people that they're neglecting. So let me put this out to your people. Is that cool? So yeah, this go, is, go I always it. ask people this, like, do you have like a ton of past contents or their clients and stuff? We know that as business owners, the easiest sale is um, repeat clients and referral clients. So I ask people, are you staying in touch with all your past clients and your referral clients and even your leads? And a lot of time I get, well, yeah, probably I'm behind on my CRM and my follow-ups and da-da-da. And it's because they're not feeding them with information. And that's where I teach them, like, match the people that love and adore your business to where you're putting out information. Because those are the people that need to remember that you're there and they're going to have the best recommendation when their friend pops up and says, I need some sales and marketing support. So I show them how to do that because it's not about me being able to hack social media for them. It's like, if you know your network has money in it, we can tap into that. If you trust that your people are going to open doors for you, let's feed them. And let me show you how to actually do it with the proper knowledge of marketing. So that's what I do. I hold them accountable to their goals over the course of time so that they don't have to learn all of this stuff. They don't have to be overwhelmed by the shiny object syndrome. Uh, <laughs> Yes. All right. So your social media sherpa.com. Yes. Put all those words right together. Your social yes. media sherpa.com. And if you're boring, you too can become a social media. <laughs> con no, no, no. If you're boring, you too can be a sleep. No, consultant. Uh, he's cool. They're all my people are so cool, but their profiles don't show how cool they are. That's what I want to I like. That's my secret agenda, right? Is that people are better than they realize or they show. I want to pull that essence and amazingness out of them. That is my favorite thing. That is that's a money quote. I know you're going to finish. We're gonna, you're going to leave us yes. with a money quote. But my money quote from this from this whole show today is 
you're better than you think you are, and you need to demonstrate that to people on social media. That's what oh, you need yeah. to do, and that's why that's why you need your social media Sherpa. Go to your yes. social media Sherpa.com. Yes. All right. So when people go to your social media Sherpa.com, what do you want them to do while they're there? Do you want <laughs> them to do you want them to leave a comment? Do you want yes. them to opt in to get something? Do you want them to call? I you? have what a lot of those things do? up there, but really the the easiest thing for them, I want them to get something handy is that I give a slideshow of like all of my favorite LinkedIn profiles. Uh, they're all very different. They're all in different fields. They all have different approaches. And I mm. want you to make your own connections about what you like about each of them and to help craft your own and inspire what your profile needs to look like. You'll get so many great ideas as a guy who put a phone photo of him going on the price is right that's in there and I thought that was so cool people put big quotes on there people that is yeah that is actually really cool I'd like to be right on the and there's right. a guy that put like a NASA aircraft <laughs> behind his profile banner and I'm like what a great example oh, that's, so that's they pretty, can go on cool my website too. you'll see a few pop-ups loving pop-ups I'm not trying to be annoying here loving pop-ups where you can sign up and you'll get easy social media tips every week if you want to learn more about what I do you can look up the services and its private client you can find out how to start with an audit uh, or beyond but uh, if you really want more insights and you're like Shiley I want to hear more about LinkedIn I put full length videos on YouTube of former trainings that I've done. So if you want to see a LinkedIn workshop, a TikTok workshop, a clubhouse workshop, they are all there for your enjoyment. Uh, totally free on YouTube. And I can tell you really Aww. love what you do. It comes through. This is this is the fastest 55 minutes I have ever spent in my life. You are so into this and you are a great oh, podcast thank you. guest. You get Dave Lorenzo thumbs up. Very, Aww. very high recommendation because your energy is just spectacular. <laughs> All right. So Shiley yeah. Hakimian, take us out with a social media quote. Oh. Give us. Hang on. Let me give you some good. I got to give you some really good background music. Here we go. All right. Give us a really good social media quote. I didn't write this, but I wish I had written this. Social media is about the people, not about your business. Provide for the people and the people will provide for you. All right. You have been listening to the effervescent Shaili Hakimian, and she is your social media Sherpa. You can find her at YourSocialMediaSherpa.com. This is the Inside BS Show. We just shared all the Inside <laughs> BS you could ever want about social media. No, no, we just touched on the surface. You need to check out YourSocialMediaSherpa.com. Go to Shaili's website. She's going to She'll, she's got all kinds of free stuff up there that you can take advantage of. Look at her services. I mean, just the, just the energy alone. Even if you never <laughs> do anything with social media, spending 15 minutes a week with Shailene, you're going to be all fired <laughs> up, right? You can go from being a rabbi to being a sleep consultant. You could be a NASA engineer. You can be anything you want on social media. Shiley, it was great having you here. This is the Inside BS Show. My name is Dave Lorenzo. We're back again tomorrow. Thanks for joining me. And until then, here's hoping you make a great living and live a great life.